If knowledge is power, then your memory is your superpower. This week's show is going to show you how to unlock your superpower. Remember twice as much in half the time. Hey, it's Clark from PaleoHacks.com. Happy Thursday and welcome back to our little show, the PaleoHacks podcast. Today, we got memory expert, speed reader, and just overall awesome guy, Jim Quick, here to talk about his Superhero U Academy, all about um, speed learning and speed reading. We go over strategies on how to increase your retention by up to 50%, so you're not just skipping over things, but you're actually reading it faster and retaining more, and it's super simple tips at the end there. Um, We go over the secret to happiness, better than vision boards, um, if you're doing those. We go over what you can learn from Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, Bill Clinton, stories about meeting them. Basically, you don't want to miss this show. It's absolutely killer. Paleohacks.com is the place, of course, you can go. We got lots of articles, recipes, blogs, forms over there. That's everything. Um, Jim's a big fan of that, so we actually get into that a little bit on the show. If you want to get a hold of me, let me know what you thought of this show, questions for upcoming guests. Clark at ClarkDanger.com is a great email. And then Snapchat, PaleoHacks is on there, at PaleoHacks. And I'm on there as well, at ClarkDangerous. All right, you ready for the show? I'm ready for you to hear it. Let's go hear what Jim Quick has to say. My next guest is here to show you how to unleash your memory superpower. With me is the bona fide expert in speed reading, speed learning, and mental mastery. He's worked with the biggest names in the world from uh, Elon Musk to Will Smith. Jim Quick, welcome back to Paler Hacks, man. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me, Clark. And uh, hello to everyone that's uh, joining us for this uh, conversation. I have some questions for you, Jim. Um, memory is a fascinating subject, and I think two years ago you were on the call for the first time. Is that right? Two years? It, it, it was. I, I really I love your community. Um, besides the fact that we share a lot of the same uh, health practices and diet, it's just uh, got so much love. And people, I, I love it because I love being around growing minds and giving hearts. People are just like, you know, what, what, you're, what you're helping share with the world, helping people to learn more so they have more to, to give. So it's a, it's a real pleasure to be here. Well, last time you were on the call, we went over the MOM acronym, which we'll get into. But yeah. um, the first one was motivation. And that stuck with me because you said something, Jim. You said, Clark, if we had a briefcase of $100,000 and I showed it to you and I said, if at the end of the day you memorize everyone's name, I'll give you this $100,000. Yes. And I remember that because it was a motivation issue. We don't remember names sometimes. So I took that and said, okay, all right, $100,000. Let me see if I can do this. <laughs> and uh, I started memorizing names at the gym, at my local gym. And my relationship since doing that and calling people by their names has just skyrocketed. Um, And that was because of the motivation bit we had. Yeah, I I think that uh, for people who did listen to our our last conversation, I think motivation is key to learning. I think a lot of times we don't learn something. Like think about a subject or a skill you want to be able to call master at. If you feel like you're overloaded with too much to process, too many books on your shelf, too many people you need, you can't keep track of things. Um, I remember I was doing a program in Silicon Valley and when I was done afterwards, uh, Bill Gates comes up to me and we start talking about the future of education. What's education? What should it look like? You know, as, cause it's one of those things where 
everything has advanced so much in the world, right? We live in an age, you mentioned Elon Musk, you know, we live in an age of autonomous driving cars, right? Electric cars and spaceships that are going to Mars. But how we choose to learn is really like horse and buggy. It's like a horse and carriage uh, because they say if Rip Van Winkle woke up today after decades of slumber, the only thing he would recognize was our school system. And one of the biggest challenges is we grew up with this 20th century education. And so when I was talking to Bill Gates about this, I was talking about the keys as you know, adult learning theory and accelerated learning. And he was talking about from a perspective of technology. And somebody was listening into the conversation and says, well, is there anything missing besides technology and, and learning theory? And uh, we both thought about it and we came up to the conclusion, the same thing is human motivation. You know, why do we do the things that we do? A lot of people know they, you know, what they need to do, you know, in terms of their, their, their lifestyle, their diet, their workouts, but they're not doing the things that they need to. And one of the keys to life and learning is understanding your own motivation for things. So I say right before it's uh, you want to learn something, you want to learn it faster, you want to remember it, tune in to why. You know, a good friend of mine, Simon Sinek, uh, who has a very popular TED Talk, wrote a book, Start With Why, right? And so why do you want to remember, you know, exactly, Clark, why do you want to remember this person's name? Because if you can't come up with a reason, you probably won't. So, you know, the tweetable I always tell people is reasons reap uh, results. Reasons reap results. Reasons reap rewards. If you can't turn in, tune into those reasons, you won't, you won't do the things. So I think, you know, and some people are motivated financially. So if I was like, yeah, $100,000 here, if you just remember the name of that stranger, all of a sudden the person is like a memory expert. But that has nothing to do with their potential and nothing to do with their capacity. They can always do it. It's just that they want to do it. And so that's, that's really a good starting point for learning is tuning into why you want to learn things. I think a lot of people didn't learn a lot in school because it wasn't relevant. You know, like, how am I going to apply this towards my life? Like, what, you know, in what context? And so to back up then, I'm curious, people who hadn't heard our first call, um, where you talk about your why and why you got into this. And I mean, it, learning wasn't always easy for you. No, as, as you remember, and I, I don't talk about this very often because it's kind of a sore subject for me, but I, I grew up with uh, learning challenges. So when people see me on stage, um, or if they see me live or on video where I memorize like, you know, a room full of people's names or a hundred words, random words that the audience gives me or a hundred digit number forwards and backwards, I always tell people, I don't do this to impress you. I do really to express to you what's possible because every single person listening to this and with us today could do it too regardless of your age, your background, your education, your IQ, you could, everyone could do it. We're just not taught. And if anything, we were taught a lie. We were taught a lie that we're not good enough. We're not strong enough. We're not, you know, we're not smart enough. We're not like somehow our potential is fixed. You know, our memory is fixed. Our IQ is fixed, like our shoe size. And it's absolutely not true. I mean, we've discovered more about the human brain in the past 20 years than the previous 2,000 years. And what we found that is it's, it's, it has incredible capacity to learn, to focus, to absorb, to apply, to create, right? And this device, you know, this three-pound matter between our ears, our brain, it can control our whole life, right? It controls everything. It controls our movement. It controls our career. It controls our relationships. But it doesn't come with an owner's manual. And I'm here to say that everyone could do these things and a lot more. Um, they just need to be able to, to learn, you know, how to be able to learn. And that's really the subject because um, I grew up with learning challenges that stemmed from a, a very early accident. When I was five years old, I had a very bad accident, head trauma, uh, brain damage, and it left me with uh, struggles. Like through all through school, elementary school, every single day, 
of my life through middle school, through junior high, through high school. I just could not learn things. Teachers would have to say things five, six, repeat themselves seven times. I would have to just take lots of notes, but I still wouldn't, the, the answers weren't there when it came to test time. I would read. It took me actually an extra three years to learn how to read longer than all my friends. That, that's the kind of disadvantage I was at. Um, and then when I got to college, I wanted to start fresh and took all these classes. I said, man, I can make my family proud. Is this really, am I limited my whole life like this? And I, and I took all these classes and I actually did worse. And, and it was really bad. I ended up um, like not eating, not sleeping, not doing all the great advice that you offer on your show. And it's not very sustainable. I ended up passing out one night in the library and I fell down a flight of stairs. I hit my head again. And I woke up in the hospital two days later. And at this point, it was really bad. I looked like death. I mean, I was down to 117 pounds. I um, was hooked up to these IVs. I was malnourished. And I thought I died. It was the darkest time of my life because I felt like I was nothing. And, um, and so I had this thought that, I, you know, what do I do? How do I fix this? And when I had that thought, it's funny, just if you're open to new ideas, like the nurse came in with a mug of tea and it had a picture of Albert Einstein on it. And it had a quote from him. And Albert Einstein was like the opposite of me. He was a genius compared to like, and I was the opposite thing, um, anti-genius, if you will. And uh, it had this phrase that I think everyone could appreciate. It said, the same level of thinking that's created your problem won't solve your problem. The same level of thinking that's created your problem in your relationship, in your career, in your finances, in your health, it won't solve the problem. And it made me think like, what's my problem? I'm like, well, I'm a really horribly slow learner. I was like, well, how do I learn faster? I was like, well, maybe I can learn how to learn. And I started studying these subjects. I started becoming like a variety, like I put all my studies aside. I started studying adult learning theory, multiple intelligence. I wanted to understand how my brain worked so I could work my brain. I mean, that was the big riddle. But even to this day, I want to understand how our minds work so we can work our minds, how our memories work so we can work our memories. And, um, you know, after 60 days, I got all these answers and the light switch just popped on and I started to understand things Whoa. for the very first time. I mean, I started to read faster. I started to remember. I mean, there's nothing worse than reading something, getting to the end and just forgetting what you just read, right? And right. I think we all relate to that. And I started to retain it and I started to get my better grades. And I also, with my grades, as they started to improve, my life started to improve along with it. And I realized that this between my years was everything. And I devoted my life to it. And the reason why is because one of my very first students, I started to tutor. That's when you have this massive change in your life. You can't help but become like an evangelist saying, you know, hey, why weren't we taught this back in school? And, you know, check out these techniques. And one of my very first tutoring students, she was a freshman in college. She read, get this, she read 30 books in 30 days. Can you imagine like going on Amazon, picking up 30 books and having it delivered in just in a month, absorbing it? And um, I find out that her reason why is, because um, I, I knew how she did it because I taught her how, how to do it, but I wanted to know why, back to motivation. Her motivation was her mom. Her mom was diagnosed with terminal cancer, was given 60 days to live, and the books she was reading were books to help save her mom's life. And um, she ended up doing so, and uh, credits it all to, doctors called it a miracle, but credits it all to her, her daughter who learned it from all these incredible books, the advice, and it changed my life. And I realized that if knowledge is power, learning is your superpower. You know, knowledge is power. Learning is your superpower. It's the number one skill to master in the 21st century is your ability to learn. Um, because nowadays we're not, you know, we're not paid for our brute strength. We're paid for our brain strength. It's not muscle power. It's mind power. You know, we live in the millennial, the millennium of the mind. 
And, um, and that's what I want to help people do, to unleash that dormant potential that we all have and show them how to be mental superheroes. That's really powerful, man. I love the part that like, you weren't always the memory expert and that it was a big, huge struggle for you. And that was your motivation because you turned it around and now you can use other, you can help others with the superpower and turn it around as well. Um, that, you know, when you're talking about memory and memory attention, everyone hears that myth that you use 10% of your brain. Do you think that's a myth or is that really a fact or where does that fall? Uh, yeah, I think, um, so, so I, so I don't know where it became popularized because, you know, the information is a little bit hard to track, but they say Einstein said 10%. Later on, they said uh, Stanford University, 2%. Um, recently, they was published something, one ten thousandth of 1%. You know, it keeps on going lower and lower. <laughs> but, um, but I, I really, the, the, some of the studies actually say that we use all our brain. It's just how we use it is different, right? Like we could use our body, but it's how we're using our body that makes a difference. And so I just think that, you know, I could, I could type like this decently well, but this person is never going to be able to type as, as fast as person wants to do like this. So it's not so much how smart you are or how smart your kids are, how smart your friends are, it's, or it's your coworkers or employees. It's not only how smart they are, but really it's how are they smart. So it's not how smart you are, but how are you smart? And we all have smarts. We all have what I call these mental superpowers of creativity, about thinking, about decision-making and problem-solving, things that just aren't taught back in school. And it'd be worthwhile to find out because I could tell you, we do an annual brain performance conference and we get the best, amazing experts, you know, from Sir Ken Robinson to Peter Diamandis to the creator of MacGyver to, to all sharing their strategies. And what I could tell you is when people could do amazing things, they're great innovators, they're great thinkers, they're great, a great, great memory. They could do mental math in their head. They could tell you they're all about their past. They can learn languages faster. What I found across the board is that there's always a method behind the magic. What appears to be magical, someone could learn a musical instrument or a or martial arts or Mandarin or whatever. There, there's things that they're doing that other people aren't seeing that if you do the same things, you get similar results. And so my, my work is really about making the, is building awareness and making it conscious for people what, people, what geniuses are doing. Because I think that uh, genius leaves clues all the time if you're willing to, to dig. Yeah, it's a good point because, you know, if we wanted to be a successful golfer, Right. What, what would we do? We'd probably study Tiger Woods, probably study stroke patterns and exactly. see what he's doing. And so if we want to be a world-class learner, I mean, that's not to jump ahead here, but the first M in that mom acronym we've been talking about is the motivation, which we hit on. The second yeah. M is what you're talking about, which is, I guess I'll let you go into it. Yeah, so, so the framework, you know, for that's most important. Even if you've heard this before, what's important, we, we just had our conference and we had a... Uh, the, the daughter of Bruce Lee as one of our speakers, Shannon Lee. And uh, Bruce Lee is, was a real-life superhero for me, watching him on film and just people don't realize he's just not uh, you know an actor and a martial artist, but he's a philosopher, he's a yeah. writer, and, and an incredibly rapid learner. His, his library is, was extensive, right? And I think lifelong learning is really key to that. And, um, and, but the thing is, is he, he said he was scared of only one thing. He's not scared of the person who practices 10,000 kicks once. He's scared of the person that practices one kick 10,000 times. And we've all heard, you know, the, the phrase 10,000 hours, and, you know, in terms of becoming an expert. And I, I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't buy, I don't buy in, into that. 
because you know we teach accelerated learning and, and methodologies and principles to be able to shortcut that. But I do believe things take a little bit of time and repetition. And also, when I'm talking about some of these fundamental principles, if you've heard it before, make sure that you really hone in because if you if you want to move the lever in your life, in the finances, in your health, or whatever, you really want to master the basics. It really comes down to fundamentals that people sometimes just hear it and they dabble in it. And so what I would say is MOM is the key for your memory. MOM, a tribute to your mom, right? The M stands for the first time, the motivation. So whenever you want to remember something, tune into it, ask yourself, why do you want to remember it? Because I believe there's a success formula as a bonus kind of strategy. I call it H cubed. That you could, it goes from your head to your heart to your hands. That if you have stuff in your head, you have a, a fitness goal, right? Your financial goal, you have some kind of, you could affirm it and think about it and visualize it here. But if you're not acting with your hands, you're not getting the results, right? And usually what's missing is that second H, which is your heart, which is your heart is the metaphor, the symbol of emotion, right? Because I remember I had a martial arts instructor team years ago. He said, you can't steer a parked car. You need emotion. You need energy, right? And that's the motivation. So tune into that. And it'll give you the fuel to be able to do the action. So it's not a matter, it's all a matter of motivation. The O in mom is observation. And this is so key. If you're forgetting something, forget where you put the keys, you forget that conversation you have with your coworker, you forget about that dream, you have, whatever it happens to be, you forget that name, right? It's not a matter of retention. It's a matter of attention. And I have to say that again. It's not a matter of your retention, your recall. It has everything to do with attention. And, you know, I, and I talk about when I talk about stories, I, I use a lot of famous people for the purpose of they become memory triggers because your memory works really well when it's the reminder principle, right? You know that person's name and you just need something to remind you of the person's name, right? You forget that actor in that movie when you're talking with your friend about and then two hours later, you're just driving your car and all of a sudden what pops in your mind? You know, that name of that actor, it's there, right? They say that there's studies that have been done where uh, brain scientists will stimulate different parts of a person's brain and they'll remember like trips they took when they were like nine years old. They could see signs right off, they can read it right off the road. You know, they'll, they'll take people through an age regression hypnosis process Well, they'll remember what, how, what day their ninth birthday fell on, right, with 90 plus percent accuracy. The information's there, it's getting it out that's you know, often very difficult for people. But one of the keys is really attention and being present with people. So I mentioned a lot of famous people's names because what they do, it, it reminds you when next time you hear about that person, uh, like, for example, Bill Gates, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember Jim's story about Bill Gates. And that reminds me, oh, motivation, right? And so for my story for observation is um, from meeting President Clinton, right? Uh, President Bill Clinton, I met him a number of times. And every single time, everyone knows he's got incredible presence. He's got incredible charisma and a connector, communicator. He's got a stellar Clark memory, like an incredible memory. He remembers my name, the class conversation, asked me about things wow. that are in life. And that's, that's a leadership skill, right? Because here's the thing. It's hard to show somebody. I know you have a lot of entrepreneurs and students that listen to your podcast. It's hard to show somebody that you're going to care for their future, that you're going to care about their business, you're going to care for their health and their fitness and their, their, their food they're putting. If you don't care enough just to remember things like their name, right? And so a name is the sweetest sound to a person's ears. And so President Clinton is extremely good with names because it's a leadership skill. Because I think the number one business etiquette networking skill to master is your ability to recollect names, recall names um, confidently too. 
Um, so here, when I, I asked him, I remember, uh, as President Clinton, like, how do you remember people's names like that? What memory devices are you using? What techniques? And he doesn't, he says, Jim, I don't use any memory devices. I was like, okay, there's got to be some kind of magic behind this. And I found out a method behind the magic that after asking that his, his grandfather would take the kids in Arkansas and tell stories. And not that just tell stories, but at the end would ask them each questions about to see if they're paying attention. Hmm. And because the attention, the listening part is so important. And I noticed that, you know, his incredible memory, and he's got a powerful presence. Like when he's with you, he's like looking right at you. He's not looking over your shoulder. You can, you can tell he's completely there with you. And it's, it's an eerie feeling because most of the time we're so addicted to our smart devices. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's training us. It's rewiring our brain to get these dopamine fixes with social media and everything else like that. So it's, it's really scattering our attention and training it to be elsewhere. But with President Clinton, he's like there. You know, he's not looking over your shoulder. He's not looking who else is more important in this room and all that. And he's not talking to himself because a lot of people do that too. A lot of times you're meeting somebody for the first time. You're not remembering the name because you're not even listening. Because you're, what you're doing is most people, they're not even listening. They're, um, they're thinking about how they're going to respond, right? And like um, the late Stephen Covey was a friend and a mentor. He wrote the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I recommend everyone, if they haven't read it, to read that book. The Seven Habits that Highly Effective People Practice. And one of the habits was first seek to understand, then to be understood. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. And that's really being present and listening to the person. Because so many people, like, you know, like all of us, we try to be like really interesting to people and, and post these great pictures about like, and you know, this, this amazing life, whatever, being interesting with activities and everything. But I think what gets you further in life, not just to be interesting, but to be interested, to be interested, sincerely motivated and curious about other individuals because people mm -hmm. feel that, right? And, and so I think... Bill Clinton's powerful presence and his incredible memory, his powerful presence comes from being powerfully present. That Bill Clinton, his powerful presence comes from being powerfully present with people. And that's what I mean when I say, oh, as observation. It's just being there to listen. You can remember what you need to. You just be like, you can remember where you put your keys if you're present and your mind's not distracted about, you know, the future or the past and stuff like that. And then Oh, yeah. Fascinating. Uh, not to cut you off, but I just remember uh, someone who was an experienced podcaster when I was getting into podcasting and interviewing for the first time. They gave me the best advice ever. They said, Clark, if you want to have a good interview, focus on making the other person sound good. Focus yes. on focus on making them the star. Don't worry about how good you sound. All your effort should be going into supporting Jim right now and making Jim the shining star. And that's kind of giving and seeking first to understand, then be understood. Exactly. So you live these principles, and that that's why you know your podcast is so successful because it comes across with people. I have um, like Larry King is the same way. He. Uh, you know, we have, we have breakfast here and like, um, and I'm always asking him like, you know, how you've interviewed everybody, right? Like, how do you do it? And I, I'm telling you, like his belief is he has a belief that he's not smart enough and that he's, he'll, he'll always think that sometimes he'll, he won't be out on successes, but, but he, I think he may say this publicly. So I think it's okay to share is that he feels like he's the least qualified or, you know, the knowing in that room. And so when he's talking to people, he, people really feel his intent that he's really listening to them and really wants to know what the answer is. And that's, you know, that makes a great conversationalist and certainly, you know, a great journalist or an interviewer. Um, and, and you just take the word listen, right? You take the word listen, scramble the letters and it becomes a completely different word. It becomes silent, 
right? So just, I think if people just want to learn better, they want to have a better memory, just be silent and listen. Well, and another, another point you said was on names and going back to how we started the call with the mom acronym and that Bill Clinton's, he, you know, he knows your name, Jim, he's there, he's present with you and talk about a big takeaway. Like if people are listening right now, that's one huge takeaway that will change every single interaction they have for the rest of their life. If all they did was care about the other person's name. And, and that's it. If there's one lesson that people come out with here is just because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, right? That's a famous, uh, famous quote, right? So people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that, that, that's the key. And so, and that's the thing with these kind of conversations, Clark, that we have. It's just that people just walk away with just one idea, just one idea to make their life better. It compounds every single day. So the last M in mom is the mechanics, and the mechanics are really, you know, once you are motivated to learn something or remember something, once you observe and are really present with the person and really hear them and listen, um, then you just, you know, then you can practice any kind of mechanics. And these are, these are the tips, the techniques, the strategies, the routines, the rituals, the recipe, if you will, for how to learn these things, how to give a speech without notes, how to remember facts and figures and numbers and, and then be able to, to read everything you want online and to overcome information overload and languages, all that fun stuff, you know, and that's the kind of stuff that, that you know, that, we, that we've been teaching for, for 20 plus years. Um, but I really want to hone in on just, I really do believe more than half the battle is psychology, right? When we're talking about just wanting to, human motivation and being present and observing, you know, that's that alone. Think about all the things that we know. Like if you take lyrics from songs, how many, how many lyrics to songs do you know? Like how many? Hundreds and thousands. Lots. Maybe, right? But how many did you sit down, Clark, and just like, okay, I'm going to study this song. <laughs> right? Hardly any of them though, right? So you have thousands. And so I think a lot of times we learn best when we're just, when we're motivated you know, we're having fun and we're observing and the mechanic, it kind of takes care of itself. And hear Taylor Swift 50,000 times in the exactly. summer in the car. And then you can't get that song out of your head. Yeah. So sometimes forgetting is, is useful. Also. <laughs> <laughs> you got any tips on that? I need it, man. <laughs> and that's cool because primarily your brain is a deletion. It's a really deletion equipment. It's a deletion device because it's trying to, at any given time, you have a more than a billion stimuli that's coming after you to all your senses. And, you know, you would, you know, and a lot of quote unquote learning challenges from people that, you know, are labeled learning challenges, they're not filtering out as much of that. And so the behavior looks really, um, looks erratic or looks maybe socially inept, but you would be too, if you were taking in like, you know, all this stimuli everywhere that you want to. So it helps to be able to focus and delete the stuff that you need to also as well. But I, you know, I really think the key for this having this conversation, like this, this social engagement is very important because it's not just your neurological networks that's in, in place. It's your social networks. That's why I think, you know, your community is so tight, right. And supportive of each other and sharing knowledge. I think being around people who are like positive peers that uplift you, that educate you, that, you know, yes, you are what you eat. Yes, you are what you think about, but you are who you spend time with too. And I think this kind of community is very important um, because we become, you know, the average of the five people we spend the most time with. And that, that, that's really important, you know. And when it comes to, um, see, I, I think, so I'm starting to write this blog post right now on mindset, 
right? I really, I really think that learning, yes, it's a set of principles, and yes, it's a set of mechanics of step-by-step stuff that we teach in our speed reading or memory courses online, but it's also like an attitude and a mindset. And so I think, I, I think there are four, four keys to a, like a superhero mindset that will make you unstoppable in terms of learning, in terms of just winning. Like, like, you know, when you come home at the end of the day, you're with friends or family or whatever, loved ones, and people are like, how was your day? And you're like, man, I, I crushed it today. You know, and I think a lot of that comes from our mind, our mindset, um, because we can always, no matter what's going on, if we're getting growth, then we're going to be happy. So the, if there are four elements for a superhero sorry, mindset. Sorry, sorry, Jim, can I say yeah. something real quick? I mean, I, I just love what you're saying. I just wanted to underscore the point on how what you said that like the mom acronym, right? So the M and the O. Well, you can skip to the mechanics, but it doesn't even matter. It all falls apart what we're about to talk about if you don't have those first two. Right. Uh, it's kind of like the people listening to these shows just trying to focus on supplements and cold showers and like right. high intensity interval training, but they're eating junk food and fast food. It doesn't matter if those first fundamentals aren't in place. Yeah. And then I think what drives it all is that, that mindset. That I still think that half of their success is just, it's just that mental perception, that attitude. And what I found that the people who really dominate in those areas, you know, because what I do is I get to, I get to coach like elite mental performers. And I notice like in their mindset is extremely similar. They're how it expresses in fashion or technology or in Hollywood or on the, on the racetrack, it, it changes. Right. But in terms of the mindset is very similar in structure. And I find that the most successful, happiest people, the ones that are really unstoppable have four elements for like a superhero brain mindset, like where they're learning and they're doing, the, they're, they're basically like they're winning, right? And so I would say the first one is a growth mindset. And we've all read, like if you've heard the book Mindset, and which talks about, um, from Carol Dweck, who talks about the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset, right? And so growth mindset is where you're making progress every single day, where you come from a po- area of uh, a source of possibility. Right. And I think that's only when that's when we're going to be really happiest, most fulfilled if we're making incremental progress, you know, with your with your body, with your mind, with your lifestyle, with your relationships and so on. Um, the second G, I would say, is this is a big one um, because it's not often talked about because it's not fun to talk about it. But I would say the second mindset is uh, grit. You know, it's grit. It's guts. It's courage. It's persistence, because I find that, man, people. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna drop two names here. <laughs> and this is a memory story. So when you see their films, it reminds you of the lesson here. It's this, is when um, recently I got invited to watch, this was uh, last year, um, the big boxing match. It was uh, uh, Pacquiao versus um, Mayweather, right? And I was, I was invited by uh, Sylvester Stallone. And I'm at his home and we're watching his, in his theater, his Korean TV. And I'm on the couch and right next to me is Sly Stallone. And right next to him is Arnold, the Terminator, Schwarzenegger. If somebody took a picture of this couch, it would be like, who, dude, if you, who photoshopped that Asian guy <laughs> in that picture? Um, so to, uh, anyway, after the, the fight, um, I, you know, I can't leave without asking these guys questions, right? So I was just like, guys, you know, like these guys are champions and they're all right. They're the best of the best that the world has. Um, how do you become a champion? Like, well, what, what's the key to getting to that place? What does it take to be a champion? What I call a superhero? Um, cause I'm obviously 
fun, the superheroes, if you're watching this on video, you see Wolverine and Stan Lee are around my, or in my room here. Um, and he, and Arnold says something I would never forget. He's like, Jim, the key to be a champion, to be like a real superhero is your ability to persist and overcome um, and endure the pain period. And I was like, ooh, I was like, tell me more about that. You know, it's like when you sculpt your body, you have to go through, you stretch, right? And if you're doing like, um, if you're doing curls, you know, the ones that are the hardest are the ones that are giving you the most effort. And most people don't go through that pain period. And I'm thinking about like, wow, when I think about the entrepreneurs that I know that make it really, really big, and I think about the authors, and I think about the success stories, you know, they all have their superhero journey where they go through struggles. And, but going through struggles gave them strength. And, and so I was like the second G, if you will, because I like to do everything um, uh, to make it memorable and stuff like that. Um, so the first G is growth. The second I would say is grit. And, and the, the key to that mindset is the, the, the mindset of persistence, to be able to get yourself to boldly go and take the action that you need and persevere even through dark times. Um, because what challenges you changes you also. And sometimes it's not about setting the goal, this grand, bold, audacious goal that you have with your body or your, your business or your you know, family or whatever it is, but sometimes it is who you become because you become that kind of person who could achieve that goal. And maybe that's the ultimate reward that you get. So I would say the second mindset for a superhero mind or brain would be able to, to adopt one of persistence and grit, knowing that, that what you have endures gets, uh, gets stronger. Um, the last two G's really simple that everyone I'm sure could relate to, um, if not all four of these, it would be uh, a giving mindset. Um, I find that it's not even ask and you shall receive. It's like give and you shall receive, right? And don't give to get, give because that's who you are. Because everything in, in life, like when we're talking about growth and giving, you know, I call them, I call them grow givers, if you will. Grow givers is like, like a lot of people give, 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 but they don't have, they, they're martyrs and they have nothing else to give and, and because they deplete themselves. But you got to refill the well. That's why I say I start with growth, right? You grow so you have more to give. And I think the most successful people, you know, even, even if you just look at nature, right? Nature is, you know, when you're talking about biomimicry and modeling nature, you know, everything in, in nature grows or dies, right? And everything has to give back or it's, it's, it's eliminated. You know, out of the, out of the, out of the system. So I would say giving mindset and then giving could also be teaching somebody else what you're learning on this podcast. That's a gift you pay out forward to people. And I also think one of the fastest ways to learn something is to teach it to somebody else. Like listen to a podcast over and over again and take out and write notes and then teach somebody. And when you teach it, here's the, <laughs> the tweetable, if you will, at Jim Quick. Um, the tweetable is when, when I teach something, I get to learn it twice. When I teach something, I get to learn it twice. And that's why you want to be able to teach other people. So when I say a growth mindset and a grit mindset that I lead off with, and I finish here with these last two about giving mindset is like, give back, right? And then teach other people. Because when you teach, you also receive, right? So give. And then finally, the last G I would say for successful uh, life in terms of mindset would be the G would be gratitude. And um, I really think gratitude is the is the grandfather and grandmother of like all the, the best emotions that you have that people who go out there and try to get, 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 but if they can't appreciate what they already have, you know, everyone has like a vision board, right? Like a vision board and they have like 
news magazine clippings of the house they want to live in, the relationship, and with their kids, and their, like what they want to learn, what they want their body to look like. I was just gonna, <laughs> I was just gonna redo mine today. That's funny. <laughs> but everyone has a vision board. But I would, I would, I, and I love vision boards, and I have one also um, because I think that's the power of the mind and the unconscious. I think having a vision board is good, but I also think it's also right next to it. You know, have your gratitude board. Have a gratitude board of the things you've already accomplished and, and be grateful for it. Like, here's just a, here's the magic question. I posted this on social media recently. Um, I, I post a question like, what, what, what if you only kept the things in your life tomorrow or the things that you're grateful for today? Like, what if the only things that you had in your life tomorrow were the things that you're grateful for today? You know, would, would you tune into that? Because I feel like, you know, how we are with the universe that we can't we can only build on success and the happiness that we have. Um, and so I think being attuned and present to the gifts that we have, because most people who are listening to this have far more than 99% of the population in the world. You know, so if you're able to listen to this and you have your hearing, you have some semblance of your health, you know, you have a lot to be grateful for. And you should feel, feel that also, because I also think it creates a, a strong foundation for you to be able to build on. So Jim, going back to the MOM, you know, the mechanics, people on the call, they're like, all right, Jim, I want to learn to read 30 books in 30 days. <laughs> what did you teach that woman? Yeah. Uh, right, what, so, do you have any mechanics? Yeah, of course. So this is, um, I'll, I'll, I can just do a whole bunch of brain hacks here. Like, you know, so the, I start with the mindset, right? So we have a whole framework for learning memory, um, like MOM. We have framework for, for your mindset, which is the four G's that we just talked about. So there's seven things right there, and you remember all the stories that come along with it. The, the mechanics are extremely straightforward, right? And so, and I do 40 hours, literally 10 hours a day for four days on stage on the subject. Um, so what I'm going to give you is like brain hacks, as opposed to real like training, because training is something that we practice over multiple weeks through interval and spaced repetition, um, so that you own it and it's something you do unconsciously, so it's second nature. Um, but since you know this is a you know a limited time and conversation. Not a 40-hour call. Right. <laughs> but, you know, in 40 minutes, like, here are a couple of tips that will help move the needle, indefinitely. And so, um, so for example, for reading, most people read slowly because of, I'll give you five reasons people read really slow. Um, because sometimes being aware of what we're doing wrong is enough to sensitize us, like, oh, yeah, I shouldn't eat that, or, oh, I shouldn't do, you know, do this this way. Um, so there's two parts to reading. There's reading speed, and there's reading comprehension, right? It makes no sense that fast reading speed if you don't understand what you read, right? right. And you can understand everything, but if you're reading like a snail, that doesn't help really much at all. So that's your reading efficiency, speed and comprehension. Now, there's five things that disrupt that, that get in your way from optimizing that. So I would say the first one is lack of education. Like most people, reading is not a, something you're born with. It's a skill. And all skills are, are learnable, right? And so... You want the right education. But most people, the last time they took a class called reading, um, like we have a, you know, like a really, we have a speed reading course with over 150 students from over 150 countries online. But when we survey them, it's like, when's the last time you took a reading class before this? They're like eight years old, right? So get the right education. The second obstacle to effective reading that keeps people reading slow is lack of focus. Now, why, why can't people focus when they read? Right? You read something, you're reading an email, reading a website, you're reading a book, and you can, your mind is everywhere, you're distracted. And I'll tell you the reason why. Is the reason why, is like I feel like if I ask everyone to read faster, they feel like their comprehension will go down, right? Across the board. And I'm here to say that 
um, you know, we test tens of thousands of people every single year, that the faster you read, the better your comprehension. It's the opposite. Um, because you have better focus. Now, here, here's the reason why. Most people, when they read, they feed this incredible supercomputer brain one word at <laughs> uh, you know, and I can't even talk that slow because I'm from New York. But the challenge, so the challenge is, is even when I started to say those words slowly, think about what your mind started to do. It's like, oh man, start, and then if I spoke like that for the entire podcast conversation, you would start thinking about something else. You would get distracted. You would fall asleep. You, but isn't that what happens when you read? Most people, when they read, they get distracted. They think about something else. They start falling asleep. So most people read so slowly, then if you don't give your brain the stimulus it needs, it'll seek entertainment elsewhere in the form of distraction. So we get distracted because we're reading so slowly. So I'm here to say that you'll have better focus and better comprehension the faster you read. It's like driving a car. If you're going in your neighborhood 20 miles an hour, you're, you're drinking your, your, your coffee, you're, you're texting, you're doing your makeup, you're doing five different things where you're going slow. But if you're racing cars 200 miles an hour, you're not thinking about the dry cleaning. You're focused on what's in front of you. And that's yeah. the key. same thing with reading and learning. And then finally, another obstacle is sub-vocalization. That's really the thing you need to get rid of. Um, and it's too, it's, too, it's too big of a, a super villain, if you will, to be able to overcome in one conversation. But the reason why we're so successful in our programs where we could triple people's reading speed is because we help to dramatically reduce sub-vocalization. Now, what's sub-vocalization? Um, you ever notice when you're reading something to yourself, you hear that inner voice inside your head reading along with you? Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully it's your own voice. It's not like somebody else's voice or something. Um, now, if you have the problem with that is if you have to say all the words to understand them, you can only read as fast as you could speak. That means your reading speed is limited to your talking speed, not your thinking speed, right? A lot of people are listening to this conversation and they listen to podcasts and they put it at a higher speed. They put it at 0.5 or 2.0 because you can understand at faster speeds, but nobody could talk that fast, right? And so you don't have to pronounce, you don't have to pick up a book and say a word like computer to understand what a computer is because 99% of all the words you see every day, you've seen thousands of times before. You don't have to pronounce them to understand them. Just like you don't have to pronounce stop, you know, like when you see a stop sign and you understand it. So don't sub-vocalize. And finally, last two is bad habits that I could tell you to overcome right now and get at least one technique is regression. Um, regression is like back skipping. You ever notice you're reading something and you find yourself going back and rereading words or maybe yeah. accidentally reading a whole line? So a lot of our time can be spent doing that and that's a complete waste of time. And then the last one is limiting beliefs. We all have limiting beliefs, learned helplessness in terms of how smart we are, how good a reader are, and so on. So one brain hack on how to overcome regression and backskipping is using what they call a visual pacer. Now, a visual pacer is like your finger, a highlighter, a pen, a pencil, a mouse on a computer, using it to help keep your attention. Because what it does is your eyes are attracted to motion. So when you're underlining the words as you read, you're actually being pulled through your information as opposed to your attention being pulled apart. Um, the other reason why you do it interesting in terms of your nervous system, certain senses work very closely together. Like your sense of smell and taste are so closely linked, right? Like when you eat a great tasting peach, you're not tasting that peach, you're smelling that peach. But your sense of smell and taste are so closely linked, your mind doesn't perceive the difference. 
just like your sense of smell and taste is so close to so is your sense of sight and your sense of touch. That literally people using their finger while they read will say, I feel more in touch with my reading. I don't know what's going on. Because your senses are, like, even when you go to a little kid and say, look at my keys, look at my keys, that kid will, will grab the keys. Because yeah. that, little baby, that little kid will feel like he or she needs to touch it in order to be able to see it. In fact, if you lose your sense of sight, how do you read? Braille. Yeah, exactly. Use your, your, your Braille, use your, your fingers to be able to do it. So I would say a good brain tip. So this is the test, is don't take my word for it. Pick up a book that you have on your shelf, because we all have unread books there. Time yourself to read for 60 seconds. Count the number of lines you just read normally. And then pick up where you left off. But this time, just underline the words. Just underline the words. Don't skip anything. No fancy. You know, traditional speed reading will teach you to use your finger to write down the page or make use it like an S form, but you're skipping big parts of the book. That's why traditional speed reading, people get the gist of what they read but not really comprehend. But I'm saying don't skip anything. Underline everything. That second, then count the number of lines that sit for 60 seconds using your finger. That second number will be a lift of about 25 to 50% across the board. For every single one of your listeners across the board, just doing this 25, 50%. And granted, it's not 300% that we get through 30 days of, of training with programs that we do, but 50% is huge, right? A 50%, how many people would love to be able to, you know, imp- increase like any metric 50% in just, just one try, you know, in terms of improve their, what they can lift, in terms of the, how much more they could run, their dirt, any of those, any of those markers that they have, you know, money. How many people would have loved to get a 50% return on their investments last year? Yeah. Right? But reading takes time and time is money. If you could just, the average person has to read about four hours a day. And I think you'll find that also, Clark, you're always online and you get all these emails, you're reading all these websites, you're doing all your research, four hours a day. If you could just double your reading speed, you save two hours a day, two hours a day. Two hours a day over the course of a year is a lot of hours, right? 700 plus hours. Even saving one hour a day over the course of years, 365 hours. One hour a day, 365 hours for the year. And that's, Nine 40 hour work weeks. And two months of productivity getting back, just saving one hour a day. That's something so easy, like your reading speed. Phenomenal tip. I mean, uh, this is what you go over, Jim, in some of your courses and online trainings. And I know you put together a really killer, amazing offer uh, for people listening that want to go into more of this. We, we, we did just, you know, Clark, we, we have history together and stuff. And, you know, we really love everyone in your community. So we prepared a series of videos, 20 minute, simple, kind of uh, downloadable, like uh, in your mind videos that talk about the best food for your brain, that talk about how to solve problems, how to be able to make good decisions, how to focus, concentrate, how to read faster, improve your memory, everything. And so we want to give it to everybody here. Um, and you only have to go is to superhero you that's you superherou.com forward slash paleo hacks superhero you you.com forward slash paleo hacks and people could get all those instant access to it it's actually a lot of it is the um, recordings insider access to an event that I did that was two thousand dollars a ticket we had uh, 30 different speakers present there and amazing content all about accelerating learning and unleashing your superhero brain. So superhero.com forward slash paleo hacks. You can go there for a limited time and download that and uh, get access to that. Learning is not a spectator sport, Jim. 
Learning is not a spectator sport. I would love to continue the conversation because I really, last time we had this conversation, there was so much love. So yeah. I would love it if people say hi and ask any questions, either on those videos that I just uh, gave you access to or on uh, any uh, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Jim Quick. Say hi and ask your questions. Make sure you tag uh, Paleo Hacks on there. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty responsive there. So at Jim Quick. Jim, you're welcome back anytime, man. This was phenomenal. Hey, Killer. Clark. Knocked it out of the park. Dude, Clark, thank you so much for the uh, the cape that you wear, and thank you for everyone who's listening to this. Um, it's a real honor to be on this journey with you, and hopefully, uh, get to meet you soon, someday. Till next time, Jim. Jim, quick, everyone. He was on here two years ago, and there was a lot more um, nitty gritty mechanics of that MOM we talked about. If you're interested, that's over at paleohacks.com in the archives. Man, it was great talking to Jim. I really loved and resonated with a lot of the motivation aspects of what he was talking about. You know, I, di- I seriously did take him up on his $100,000 suitcase image in my head at the gym and started remembering people's names. And the amount of rapport you build with people when it goes from hey man, how you doing? To, hey John, how's your day? I mean, it's amazing. It blows me away. And one thing I've been doing in, um, in conversations to remember people's names, two things actually, and then I'll get off my soapbox here for you, but this can really help you if this is of interest to you, is I try and say their name three times in three minutes. Now you don't want to do too much. You know, if you keep saying John, 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 it gets a little creepy. But if you say their name within three minutes of meeting them three times, so that's awesome, John, or John, what do you think about this? Then it helps you retain their name better. All right, that's the first thing. The second thing, and this is a little more analytical type A, like me, um, is I actually keep a note in my iPhone. I keep a note and I write their name down where I met them and maybe one fact we spoke about. And even the act of writing it in your phone, boom, you retain their their, name. information just like that. So those are my two little tips to you on how I've been applying that. I promise you, remember people's names. It's the secret to uh, long-lasting relationships with strangers. All right, guys, that is it. PaleoHacks.com, a great place to go. Um, We got our archives over there. Of course, Superhero U, that's Superhero Y-O-U, backs or forward slash PaleoHacks. Jim's given away super generous uh, $2,000 worth of training videos on there. Absolutely free. Go over there, superhero U forward slash paleo hacks. That's actually the best place for you to go after this show. Um, 11 questions change your life. Another announcement. This is my free ebook I have for you guys over on my site, Clark at ClarkDanger.com. You can just go to download right there, plug it in. These are the best 11 questions you can ask yourself while you're driving, at the gym, do it in your journal if you want to spend more time on them. And they're worth looking at. So if you've never done that, head on over there, put in your email, and they'll get sent right to you 100% free. Snapchat at PaleoHacks and uh, iTunes ratings and reviews would really help out. All right, that is it. Next week on our show, we got Johnny Bodwin coming on to talk about smart fat. Hilarious guy. He's making his return to the Paleox podcast. Super excited to talk with Johnny. 
And then the week after, we have Diana Rogers from Sustainable Dish coming on to talk about a topic we really haven't had on the show, raising your own livestock. Even if you live in an urban environment, how can you raise chickens in your backyard? Is it smart? How much work is it? What does it look like? Go into that in two weeks. All right, I'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy your week.